people say, I, I can't believe you stopped a mile 13 and had a beer. Well, well rode a roller coaster too. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's the start of the, the fun for us. Diz Runs Radio episode 770 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, today's episode of the show doesn't have a sponsor, but... uh, Due to uh, who I'm talking to, it only makes sense that instead of having a sponsor for today, I uh, might as well remind you that I'm running the 2020 Goofy Challenge at Walt Disney World as part of Team and Training, which means I'm, uh, I'm fundraising for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And many of you that have been listening to the show for a while have, have already chipped in, donated a few bucks, you contributed to uh, the treadmill marathon that I did in the spring, or you, you were part of the uh, the Diz Days of Summer that wrapped up not too long ago, or you even took part, uh, some of you, the trifecta folks, uh, also took part in the uh, opening uh, weekend of the NFL season and, and contributed a few bucks based on the number of points that your favorite team scored in their first NFL game. Uh, but for those of you that haven't yet, maybe you, you forgot, maybe you, you didn't hear, maybe you missed the message that I'm, I'm doing this. Uh, if you would be willing to support the cause, support the fight against uh, two types of cancer, leukemia and lymphoma, uh, the very good work that the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is doing. Uh, you can donate on my behalf by heading over to disruns.com slash goofy. That's G-O-O-F-Y, goofy, just like uh, the Goofy Challenge, right? Exactly what I'm doing. That's exactly why that link was created. That'll take you right back to the uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma website, my personal fundraising uh, website, and you can donate there via PayPal, credit card, you know, whatever. Uh, any, any donation is appreciated. So uh, if you're... You know, if, if you have somebody that uh, is in your family that's been affected by leukemia and lymphoma, and you'd like to make a donation in their in their name and their honor and their memory, obviously that would be fantastic. And if you'd be willing to, to share that with me, I'd be more than happy to run for your friend or family member as well. Um, or if you just want to help support the cause, a great cause, uh, you can do so right there. Disruns.com slash goofy. And, uh, as you, as you can see, this th- it only makes sense that that's the quote-unquote sponsor, even though it's obviously not a sponsor for today's episode, as we go into today's episode. So without any further ado, let's let's kick it off. Let's embark, if you will. You'll see what I did there eventually on today's episode of the show. Hey, guys. Uh, today I have the honor of talking shop with one of my team and training teammates. Uh, this gentleman is doing the Dopey Challenge this year. Uh, Walt Disney World for the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend, which will actually be his seventh in a row Dopey Challenge. He's a perfect Dopey. He's done every single one of them, which which uh, that's an apt adjective, I think, for anybody who's done that. Uh, but you know, the more important part, since we are team and training folks, is that we are also both raising money uh, to support the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Uh, and recently, which is kind of what spurred this whole uh, road trip up to Disney while he's down on vacation to have a little conversation. Uh, today's guest organized and participated in a pretty epic fundraising event, which you may have heard about already, and we will certainly uh, get into as we go. So uh, without any further ado, it's definitely a, a pleasure today to be able to welcome Mr. Jog- John Rigney to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, John. All right. Thanks, Danny. It's been, it's been 
It's yeah. a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Looking, looking forward to it. And, uh, guys, if you want to check out, here's a little, little tease of uh, what kind of that big epic uh, event was. The website is smallworldchallenge.com if you want to find out more about the event. Um, I believe you can still donate there as well. Um, and also, uh, they have a Facebook page. Uh, just search on Facebook for Small World Challenge. And uh, as always, we'll have all of all of those things linked up. Maybe we'll get some photos from the event and, and from past events as well. Um, and we'll have all those things posted up in the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at disruns.com slash 770. Disruns.com slash 770 to take you to today's show notes, Cliff's Notes, the everything we need from today's conversation with John. So, uh, John, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a, a very simple and straightforward question that uh, for some folks, it's an easy one to answer. Some ones, it's a, it's a little bit difficult because there's just so many good options. But it's uh, just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? My favorite distance is the, is the marathon, 26.2. Uh, it was my first race. Uh, I went from zero miles to a marathoner. Uh, so there was the... Uh, it, it always holds a special place uh, in my heart, I guess you would say. And um, I wanted to – it's a, it's, it's a different challenge than 13.1. Uh, 13.1 is a challenge in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the 26.2 is a, is a mental uh, – it's a mental game uh, when it gets late in a race. And uh, it's enjoyable. And, you know, of course, my favorite race is the Walt Disney World Marathon, mm-hmm. uh, Walt Disney World Marathon weekend, and um, we do some uh, pretty funny stuff with that, so. <laughs> which I'm I'm looking <laughs> forward to experiencing it from uh, maybe a, a little bit closer uh, vantage point. It's been a while since I've done the, the Disney Marathon, but um, I, I have to go back to you know, the zero to twenty six point two situation, which is fairly close to to what I did. Maybe not quite uh, exactly, but but I definitely had no clue what I was getting into. Uh, with and I definitely underestimated the marathon, and so I'm, I'm curious: Did you have a similar experience, or did you have enough preparation, enough enough training, so that the first marathon wasn't the uh, debacle that it was for me? Well, uh, I'll get back to how I got started. I mean, it would be the best place to do. Okay. So, uh, my wife and I were actually down here at Walt Disney World. We came down for spring training uh, the follow the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Phillies. Uh, they were playing Atlanta Braves for one of the games, so we stayed on Disney property. Uh, it was on an off day for the for the teams so that we were over at Disney Springs, and it happened to be one of the Princess Weekends, uh-huh. the Princess Half Marathon at Disney. And I saw these ladies walking around with marathon half marathon medals, uh, and I just commented to my wife. I said, "I'm going to run a marathon," and she said, "Okay, whatever." Just kind of pass <laughs> it off, and and because as, as good wives do yeah. when we come up with random ideas. Yeah, so it was you know I wasn't a runner. I never ran. Um, I hated running, and uh, it just popped in my head as a bucket list item so that was in early march of uh 2010 Mm -hmm. uh i did absolutely no running until august of 2010 (laughs) and then i happened to see a team and training advertisement on um one of the video boards at work uh just advertising a um information session Mm -hmm. so i said oh what do i got to lose i'll go check it out um Signed up the next day for team and training. Never fundraised before, never ran before, but I figured I would use them to uh, for some accountability, right. and, and and in turn I'd raise money for them. Gotcha. And um, I was the top fundraiser on my team for that for that first marathon. And um, yeah, the running at twenty six point two it was harder than I thought, uh, and apparently I missed my coach's. Uh, 
my coaches thought I would run about a four hours and 30, 30 minute race. I came in somewhere around five thirty six because I stopped for the characters. Right. Uh, as, as you do, if yes. you're going to run down here, that's what so, that's, you might as well do that. Uh, so that hooked me into racing. I was supposed to be one and done. And, um, about, I said, I committed to running the Disney marathon the next year, pretty much the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, little did I know that one of my teammates on that, um, race would call me up about a week later and said, Hey, I'm running the San Diego full marathon in June. And so were you. <laughs> so we did another team and training event that same year. Um, and it's just gone from there so far. I've done 12 fundraising team and training events. Um, also ran for man and woman of the year for my local chapter. Awesome. Um, in 2014. And, um, because of my efforts with the team and, Team and training, Leukemia Lymphoma Society. I'm also a member of the local board of trustees for my chapter in Delaware. Wow, awesome, awesome. So clearly, uh, you know, gotten involved heavily in the, in the Leukemia Lymphoma side of things, uh, Leukemia Lymphoma Society side of things. Uh, and and we'll, we'll get to that certainly uh, in, in a minute. But um, as is usually the case, you know, I ask one question and I get the answer. And there's about six other questions that, yes. that pop up and, and uh, not sure exactly which one to, to go with. Um, but you know when 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 you sign sign up for the first the first event and you don't really know what you're getting yourself into um sounds like though it was a pretty good experience all the way around if you'd kind of pretty much planned that maybe I'll do this again next year right off the bat yeah um, for me the team and training experience when we had a local team um was was great because it held accountability we had training sessions every saturday mm-hmm. uh and we would run whatever distance was planned uh, it also made you accountable for your training during the week because you didn't want to show up for a 10-mile run not and not put run. into work during right. the week or the two weeks prior because it would show up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it, it really it, it did lead me to be accountable for my mileage because um, I didn't want to be that guy that was be like, okay, you're the – Right. <laughs> you didn't do your miles this week. Right. So that was uh, – uh, it really kept me motivated there. And then having the added – the addition of the fundraising effort mm-hmm. uh, kind of kept you focused on why you're doing it, um, and it kind of brings a different perspective towards the race. Um, I don't think I would have had that same perspective if I just said, hey, I'm going to run a Disney marathon and I'm going to train on my own. I, right. you know, I, it would have been ugly at best. Yeah, let me let me tell you how that goes, because that, that's that's my story. I ran the, I, you know, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, but whatever whatever the right word is, our stories overlap enough that 2010 was my first time running the, the Disney Marathon, so kind of that 2010 year of, mm-hmm. of kind of when the seed was planted for you, and I actually did run it in 2011 as well, so we were we were there. probably there to go. We, 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 uh, us and 25,000 of our other friends yeah. all ran that race that day. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I... I didn't know what I was getting into. Kind of sounds like that was probably where, where you were. But I didn't have the support of, of a group. I didn't. I, I was just like, oh, I'll just kind of figure this out. I'll, I'll kind of wing it. And, and who, it can't be that, you know, people run marathons all the time. Like, it can't be that big of a deal, right? And so, you know, it was not running during the week. And it was not building appropriately during right. the, uh, for the long runs. And so, you know, I showed up at the start line convinced that this wasn't going to be an issue. That I'd, you know, four hours, maybe 4.15 if, if things didn't go quite well. Um, and my longest run to that point was about 14 and a half miles. And I, I, I mean, as sure as we're sitting here, like I, I'll, I'll tell you, I was, this is not going to be a problem. I've run 14 miles. That's more than half of it. Clearly I can run the other half. No problem. And obviously I had a, a rude awakening and I was like, I'm done. I'm never doing marathons <laughs> again. So I'm, I'm always excited when somebody goes zero to 26.2 to hear if they were as foolish as I was, or if they, if they did things a little bit uh, smarter and had a better experience, which is clearly what you did. Yeah. 
but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, that first marathon. It's 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 an experience for sure, and, and something that uh, I know I'll, I'll always remember and always as, as brutal as it was. And my, yeah. our times were about the same as well for the first marathon. Um, it's just it's a special you know, special thing to accomplish. You never forget it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You what forget we, the other ones, but not the first. Yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes the other ones kind of blur a little bit. Um, what was what was the most difficult part of the first marathon for you? I think it was after hitting that wall. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you you plan for it, you know it's coming, uh, but, but when you don't you, know. when you hit the wall, <laughs> it it's just it's a different it's a different experience when you're there and you know uh if you do a 20 mile training and you get to the end you're like okay well i'm done when you get to 20 miles in the marathon and you hit the wall and you still got a 10k to go right and you're under the pressure of the clock and thinking of you know or am i going to get swept how far back am i in the race i have no idea where i am Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know again it's that mental game that you start playing with yourself and you know it it is a physical drain, right. um, but you can get through that with, you know, nutrition or, you know, taking a gel or, a, mm-hmm. you know, finding a banana on course or hitting some Powerade or something. But um, it's that mental challenge that just really gets – you get inside your own head and you right. really have to get, figure out a way to get out of that. What what helps you when you're in that situation? Because there's always people I, – I mean, I struggle sometimes with the mental side of things. I know people listening struggle with the mental side of things. So when when you get in that dark spot or that you know this, I'm not having fun. This isn't any. This, like what helps you keep going to get out of it? Uh, I just start trying to count down the miles and trying mm-hmm. to put it into a, a an easier perspective to look at it and say, okay, well, I'm at 22 and I know I got four miles to go. So let's just count to 23. Um, right. I also sometimes we'll run with intervals, um, mm-hmm. so it's easier to focus on the interval and say, okay, well, let me just let me focus on my interval or let me change up my interval. So if I'm running 10 minutes of running with one minute of walking is how I normally train. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe I'll shorten it and say, Hey, let me go to five minutes and And I can do five minutes. I know I can do five minutes minutes and then, then it kind of changes your perspective. Then you're only focusing on the five minutes that you're running and then the walking and you kind of forget, okay, still five miles left or whatever. Just keep moving forward. I did. Yeah. Right. That's the best way to, to get through that. No, I think, I think that's a great, you know, kind of make it a chunk that you can handle. Wh- yeah. However that looks, whatever yeah. it's, it's running to the next sign or to the next whatever, or the times I'll just run for this next three minutes. I mean, just is, yeah, you get, you get that late in a race and, and man, it's, it's like, it might only be four miles, but like, that's a long four miles. That's a, it's a it four is. miles. that it's feels still, like a 10 mile effort. It, sometimes. It's still four miles. You say only four miles, but right. a, a non-runner would be like, wow, you ran four miles. Right. And exactly. I do that at lunchtime at, at work and everybody comes back and like, I can't believe you just ran four miles again today. And I'm like, right. well, that's well, like that's, a short run for me. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> and that's a crazy thought to have in your head when you can remember back, like I can remember, I'm sure you can too, to win, to win. Yeah. Like four miles was like, I don't know if I can do four miles. And now it's oh. like, like you know, whatever. Like four miles yeah. is, is not that it's not that it's nothing, and not that it's insignificant because it's certainly not. But it's like knocking out four miles. Like that's what you do before you go to work, or that's what you do, like you said, on your lunch yeah. break, and you come back and like like you're you're not wiped out. You're just ready for the rest of the day. It's funny. One of my teammates who actually did a small world challenge with me. Um, I met him back when he was on our uh, team and training team in Delaware, but he lives in Atlanta now. Uh, he moved for work and. Uh, he always comments every time we run. He's like, I remember John when he first started running that every time he showed up at a long run was always like, this is the longest I've ever run. Mm-hmm. This is the longest I've ever run. 10 miles, the longest I've ever run. 12 miles, the longest I've ever run. 
And then you get to the point where you get to 16 and you're like, wow, right. we only, we're only doing 10 this weekend? Right. Oh, this is nothing. It's a cutback. And, and it's, no big it, deal. It, it kind of changes your mindset. And, and, and again, I think running is a mindset game. Mm-hmm. And once you get to that number, 16 um, always been hardest for me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been, I don't know if it, it, other people I've talked to said 16 is a challenge because it's further than a half marathon, but uh, not quite as long. Yeah, as the as the full, and it's just, it's really pushing yourself into that full distance. That, and it's yeah. and it's especially well in training or on the race day. Like you get there and you're like, gosh, we've been going for a while. Yeah, but if you're doing it in terms of a marathon, it's like still, there's still a long way to go. There's like 10, there's still double digits mi- of miles left in miles front of left. me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's 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 far, but then you're like, gosh, it's not uh, it's not as far. Uh, like ah, it's just it, it is kind of that middle that that hazy middle ground yeah. where. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's it's a good distance, especially in training. If you if you can get to where you can run fifteen or sixteen miles, pretty. Eighteen's easy after sixteen. Yeah, uh, it's but again, that's it, a mental thing. It is a mental thing because yeah. now it's now it's counting down a bit more. Um, shit, I don't know if we're shifting gears yet, but but shifting gears a little bit. What what drew you to team and training? Was it was it literally just the the that was what the information was at work, or what was what it, was the draw? It was literally. I went to the information session and I. They said, well, you fundraise for, I think it, my goal at the time was $3,200. And uh, I decided to, um, you know, and I never ran before. And, again, I had said I was going to do it in March. Mm-hmm. And here we were in August, and I hadn't run a mile. Right. So I just said, if I'm going to do this, I need something to be held accountable. And I had no connection to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society or team of training. It just happened that I saw the advertisement at work. I went to an information session. And I said, well, if I'm going to be accountable for this, I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. like I said, I, I never ran before. I never fundraised before. And I said, well, it, something, first time for everything. Right. Might as well, you know, make it a challenge. And, <laughs> and it was. And, um, you know, I I always say that I never had a connection with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. But now, you know, because of all my years of being involved, I mean, I have more connections than I could count. Right. And, right. you know, everybody always asks my reason why. And, you know, I, I would say it was selfish when I started. Um, but now it's just become uh, a different part of myself and a big part of my life. Can we unpack that? How, how is it? Or, like, now it's a big Because I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, like, I kind of, you know, like, I mean, I think all of us have somebody, some connection somewhere that there's a cancer or something. But as far as I know, I don't think I have any real leukemia or lymphoma connections when it comes to cancer. Um, so, so kind of my why to do this was kind of selfish because it was, it was at Disney. Like it's, it's a race I wanted to do. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing how things progress as, as we go along. But what has, what has team and training become to you? Well, it's just become like family. Uh, I've met people from all over the country. Um, again, I have a huge network of people now that, um, from the LLS and team and training, um, when we did the small world challenge, I reached out to that network and a huge number of those people were the first ones to sign up. Right. And they, if they didn't sign up, they had some connection to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. First person that signed up for the, the small world challenge, her name is Star Davis, who I met in the subway at the 2014 New York City Marathon. Um, we just kind of started chatting and, uh, you know, became friends from there. And she was the first one to sign up for the challenge. And it's because she trains with a number of team and training participants, and she didn't know if she wanted to do a fundraising event for a marathon or half marathon. Mm-hmm. So she said this was perfect. So she wanted to get involved with, with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society based on her connections with people that have done it before. 
uh, and just, you know, wanted to be a part of something. So she signed up immediately. Um, gotcha. So it, it's been amazing the connections that I've made throughout the country, the, mm-hmm. you know, from people that do this in honor of somebody who passed right. away, uh, the people, the cancer survivors that are out there doing it. Uh, I don't know if you know Ron Wortley last year. He's going through, um, he finished his chemotherapy and when it came out and ran dopey, he's perfect wow. dopey. Um, after dopey, he had to go back into uh, to treatment, mm-hmm. and he's back out there training right now to come and do his seventh dopey. Wow! So, I mean, it's stories like that that just really impact you to say, well, if if, if these people can do it, then you know, their stories are amazing, and you know, right? People marvel at my story just because, you know, you're looking at me from the couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at it and say, well, there's there's people more inspiring than I could ever be. Right. Right. Um, you mentioned, you know, not only was it going to be the, that first one, was it going to be your first marathon, but also the first time fundraising for, for something like this, yeah. um, which if I'm going to be honest, and I've said this before, so it's not like it's difficult for me to be yeah. honest on this front, that's been something that's, that's held me back from trying to do a charity, charity running event in the past is, you know, it's just, it's, I don't know. I just feel, feel a little bit awkward, feel a little bit, not, not quite comfortable going out with even though it's for a great cause, obviously, but going out open hand asking for, for money so I can come run, run a race. Um, going back 10 years ago, the first time that you, that you were doing this, how did you get over that, that hurdle? Or, or was that something that, that you struggled with? Or, or what was the fundraising piece of it like for you the first time? Well, they, uh, team and training would give you a fundraising plan. And a lot of it is it's the standard thing. It's like, okay, you know, here's, here's some uh, language around how to Mm-hmm. Ask via email. Here's how to share your your fundraising link. Put it out on uh, social media. Put it, you know, share with coworkers. They'll give you a list of things of ideas of who to contact. Your doctor, your right. your lawyer, if you have one. You know, <laughs> that, you know, they look through your entire network of people you may know. People at church, people mm-hmm. at school, you know, people at work, uh, whatever. And you know, just ask. And and that's the hardest thing is you know, like you said, is to get that initial ask because you feel like. I always feel like I'm intruding on mm-hmm. people, uh, but people do want to help and they do want to support you. Uh, they just need some motivation, and if you don't ask them, they're not gonna right. they're not gonna say anything. Um, also, what we did is for the first event is we came up with, um, as you know, with the Small World Challenge, I've, I've no uh, you know no shortage of dumb ideas. <laughs> uh, so we were trying to think of ways to uh, raise money and. You know, after our initial ask of how we, um, and I say we because my wife did a, mm-hmm. uh, does help me a lot with the fundraising. Um, it's it's a family effort um, when I do it. <laughs> and you may may be aware, you know, right, it's not right. just yourself. Um, so the uh, we came up with the idea that we want to have a garage sale mm. or yard sale, and we had all this stuff that we wanted to get rid of, and we were like, okay, well, let's get all this stuff. So then I said, well, how about we ask people that. Uh-huh. In my network, if they wanted to donate stuff to us, and we'll sell it, and, and you know whatever we make, we make, and so that's what happened. So we reached out to our network, and I ended up with a ton of stuff, <laughs> and, and we just sold it because we had no connection to it. You know, we get right. to a garage sale, and you say, "Oh man, I can't sell that for less than fifty dollars because I spent two hundred dollars on it." Right. Meanwhile, it's probably worth ten bucks. Right. Well, somebody came along and said, "Hey, here's something I found. I'll give you." 
five dollars for it. Okay, done. Sure, take it. Yeah, yeah. I'll take the money. <laughs> so um, we use that philosophy. Uh, we use that event, and that's was where we did the major bulk of the fundraising. Was uh, was with that. I think for that first garage sale, we made over two thousand dollars. Wow. I know, and most of it was either stuff that we were going to donate to charity anyway, mm-hmm. get rid of, or um, somebody else's junk. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it's it's. One of those things, like you said, you know, when you don't have that connection to it, five dollars here, five dollars there, that adds up pretty quick. It does. It, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And people, you kind of scoff and say, "Well, they only gave me five dollars," but that's five dollars you didn't have right. when you started today. Right. It's five dollars closer to your goal. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, you mentioned some of your quote dumb ideas that, that have come come along the way uh, when it comes to, to fundraising. I feel like I've had a couple of those dumb ideas as well, and, and this yeah. is my, my first go round. I, I did. Uh, Earlier this spring, when I kind of first announced it, um, I did a, a treadmill marathon, which was which was probably the most miserable twenty six point two miles ever. I, I mean, as, as as much as some of the original marathons, and I wasn't trained for like those were tough. At least those weren't stuck inside staring at uh, at, at the treadmill platform. Um, and then I did uh, as we're recording this, we're just kind of starting to wrap up uh, a virtual challenge where you know the whole virtual race type of thing. Um, the Diz Days of Summer is wrapping up and got, raised a bunch of money there, um, which which it's 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 been easier to do that than it is for, for me at least to just ask for money. But uh, curious, what are some of the ideas that, that you've done that you're okay with sharing to the, to the world in case somebody else tries to you know do something similar in the future? Well, um, my uh, my idea about the the um, Oh, the the yard sale mm-hmm. has been done a number of times. Right. So I, I did it again when I ran for Man and Woman of the Year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, um, and we, we raised almost five thousand dollars when we did it that way. Um, the um, other people that I know have have taken my idea and used it. Um, one of the ones I really like is um, for a fundraiser, and I've done it once and. It, you know, it really didn't work out as well as I did, but I know somebody, a couple of people have raised a lot of money doing this is, um, when you run, you run 10 runners tend to use, uh, use something in their ears to, to listen to, to pass the miles, you know, whether it's music or podcast or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so what, uh, the idea we had was to sponsor somebody's playlist. Mm-hmm. So you get somebody to donate, uh, $10 per song or whatever value you want to set. Right. And they get to put a song on your playlist that you train with and you run with. And it, it's a great idea because, A, you can raise money. Mm-hmm. B, people can give you, like, crazy songs. So if you're not a – you absolutely hate Barry Manilow, you say if you put – give put me $50. Of, put Coca Cabana on yeah, there. Yeah, put Coca Cabana. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, something like that on there. Um, so, and, and it does it, – it has a, a double impact. A, you can raise money. And B, when that song comes on during training, you remember who donated to you right. and, and the reason why they did, and and that's that's pretty cool um, as a as a fundraiser. Um, it's not a really dumb idea; it's actually a pretty good. That's, idea. that's, a, that's, that's a really yeah. good idea. Um, a, a borderline dumb idea might be to be at Magic Kingdom at nine o'clock in the morning when uh, the park first opens and the when the rope drops, and instead of racing to like mine train or instead of racing to one of the roller coasters where, where the line fills up pretty quickly you race to it's a small world jumping on jumping on a, a little boat ride there and then riding it for the next what was it 13 hours 13 hours 13 hours where did the, where did the idea for the small world challenge come from um so 
I, there was a group of runners that did it a few years ago. The, the group called the Mickey Milers. Um, mm. uh, they ran it uh, maybe four or five years ago, and um, they would do different events and they would do it for a charity called give kids the world mm-hmm. and um that's like a make a wish type right. uh, organization based here in orlando area um and they they did it and i heard about it and i thought it was a pretty cool idea and um i kind of put it in the back of my head and then about three years ago um my wife my niece and my son we were we were on the last ride of the night it was extra magic hours at the magic mm-hmm. kingdom um, so we went on Small World because my son absolutely loves Small World. And, uh, you know, say this, um, we had a what, three or four year old out at the Magic Kingdom <laughs> at 1 a.m. So please excuse my parenting. <laughs> um, so, but he, so we were on the boat and um, we got stuck. Uh, wow. There was a group behind us that was climbing in and out of their boat. And uh, Disney had to stop the boat stop for the security mm-hmm. to get there. And it ended up being like an hour stuck in Small World. With a, with a three or four year old, with the song just looping, yeah. So, and then when I tell people about that, people are like, "Oh my god, that's that's terrible. That'd be a nightmare. That might, you know, I couldn't be able to handle that. I don't know how you did it. That's you know, never. That's one ride I never want to get stuck on because I never want to ride it to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then I got to thinking, I'm like, well, the other group did it, and this is really everybody's polarized around small world right. and it's like well, maybe we could do something like this. So in um, I'm on a fundraising team within team and training. And last year, we for the Disney World Marathon, our team broke a hundred thousand dollars for the first time wow. as, a, as collectively as a team. Mm-hmm. And our team captains um, kind of put the challenge out there uh, after the race in January of this year and said, "Let's do something where we can double that, mm-hmm. either by recruiting more people to our team or, um, you know." Doing extra stuff, so right. that's when I was like, "Oh, this might be the perfect time to do this." So I ran it past my wife, and she was like. Okay, as long as we get to go with you to Disney World, <laughs> you're the one going to be sitting in the boat. And literally, I thought it would be myself and maybe like three other people. Uh, my friend Andrew, um, I knew I could browbeat him into doing mm-hmm. it. And the two people that signed up almost immediately to join me, uh, I really thought it would have been the four of us. Um, you know, and we'd do something like you know five, six, seven thousand dollars tops. You know, and, and it it just exploded. In, yeah. in ways that I didn't imagine. Um, we ended up with 20 participants that rode all 13 hours. Um, we had 23 rides. It was a little bit less than we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, we were hoping to be at least 30, but the lines got really, really still busy. long. It's still busy this yeah. time of year. It, yeah, the lines got really long, and they never kind of dropped down mm-hmm. until late at night. Um, so early in the morning and late at night, we got some extra rides in. Laps, but the, yeah. That bulk of that day was spent in line. But, I mean, we had some... Amazing stories that happened with that. Um, the the vice president of team and training showed up. Wow. He flew in from Virginia Beach um, and showed up and met us at the exit of one of our rides with uh, a tray full of Dole Whips. Wow. For the, each one for each member of the team. And then he rode, um, he rode a, a ride with us on the next lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met a, um, a four, I think he's four or five year old uh, leukemia uh, mm-hmm. patient named Corbin uh, in line just to have randomly had struck up a conversation with his mother. He was there. Um, we gave him a hat and he got the ride with us. Um, and then we got a picture with him. I mean, it was pretty special things. Yeah. He was sort of our honored hero for the day at that, after that point. Um, it was just, uh, it was an amazing experience that, um, 13 hours seems like a long time and it is a long time, but really we got late at night and it was, it's just, 
that you know it was like wow we're already almost done it was, right it was amazing right i'm sure that uh you know in addition to obviously raising the money and, and going through it um you also got to spread a little of the the team and training love and talk to i'm sure cast members st- certainly they started to recognize oh you. yeah it was almost immediately we showed up we had um purple shirts on with it, uh, our slogan on it says cruising for a cure from rope drop rope drop to park close um so it was pretty obvious what people were doing what mm-hmm. we were doing uh the people standing in line were asking us you know what we were doing uh, you know everybody their jaws just dropped and said i can't believe you're doing this this right. is amazing um the, the one of the best stories was um we did a little bit of press for this and again i i kind of winged this whole thing so it wasn't mm. it, well, hindsight it looks like you know we had There's this a grand, lot of planning we had this grand right. plan but it was like okay let, you want to try that okay let's see if that works so mm-hmm. we wrote up we wrote up a press release and we had it so we can easily modify it because we we came from all over the country so mm-hmm. um we had people as far as ways washington state and wow. utah come fly in for the event and um so we did different levels of press. I was on the local news in Philadelphia, um, and actually, we we also turned it into a, a spot on Good Morning America on right. Sunday morning. So right. that was pretty cool. Yeah. So we we did a lot of we did some press for the the event, and, and seeing people in line, they they knew they knew us from seeing the stories. Mm. They were either saw it online, and we didn't know that the story that I did for NBC in Philadelphia was shared to other markets. So uh. it actually showed in the New York market. And one person, one of our um, teammates, Andy Singer, was in the airport in Newark, New Jersey, getting ready to come down. And he gets a message through our Facebook page uh, from a lady named Robin who said, um, are you doing the Small World Challenge? Are you currently in the Newark, the Newark uh, airport at gate such and such? And he's like, yes. And she's like, I'm going to come over and talk to you. So she came over and talked to him and literally signed up that day the day wow. before the event to come out and ride in small world she was doing she came down for as a solo um solo traveler because she mm-hmm. had passes to the star wars preview gotcha um so she's like i'm down here anyway i got nothing to do i'm gonna I'll join just you come guys ride small world all yeah, day <laughs> so she did and she was awesome and, it, and, and it's stories like that 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 really tell you how this connects with people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're as we're re- recording this we're what today? Today's Tuesday, so it's been two full days since then. Is is the song still rattling around in your brain? Not as much. Uh, <laughs> Not as much. I, I've actually <laughs> now rid- that I mentioned it, no, I'm putting it back. I've there actually for you. I've actually ridden it twice since we finished. Okay, so we went, went back, back on, for more. We went back on Sunday. My son wanted to ride Small World, so we did, and then uh, we went back again on Monday to the Magic Kingdom, and of course we rode it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of think that it's. Um, it's almost like an old friend now. Right. So, right. you know, you kind of have a different appreciation for it, doing it that many times. Um, it's sort of like when you do a race distance, uh, you know, when you run a marathon, you know, your first one's hard, second one's hard. And I've run 23 or 24 full marathons, mm-hmm. um, both for charity and uh, just for, quote unquote, fun <laughs> right. uh, or time. And, uh, you know, once you get to, the, you know, once you get to a certain point with that, it's, you know, it's almost comforting when you, mm-hmm. when you do it. And it's, you know, you, it's a, it's a different feeling than it is after the first time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, sh- shifting gears just a little bit as we're getting kind of getting close, I think, to, to starting to wrap this thing up a little bit. But, um, you know, you mentioned 
there the idea of you know run some some races for for charity and some races more for for fun slash to probably race them and run them for time um do you have a preference of one way or the other i kind of like the charity race uh again it gives you a it gives you grounded it gives you a reason why you're doing it um not to say that i don't like running the other ones uh for time um or on my own um but it seems like the races that i've done recently uh have always been to get a proof of time to get a better (laughs) corral for disney uh (laughs) because when we do disney for dopey um we have a small group of us that will will start in the earliest corral we can we'll go and stop for every character Mm -hmm. we can we stop the ride to rides we get a beer at mile 13 at 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 everest um and then you know try to hightail it to um uh hollywood studios so we can get another ride in and then right. hopefully have enough time to have a couple of drinks and something to eat as we're going through world showcase going around the world. So you get you get as much time as possible on the course on race yes day. uh in the past two years the the three three of us that run all um together we've had some various members with us but everybody that's been in our group have been in the bottom 10 of overall finishers of the marathon. Wow. So for time. Wow. So that's so you're, good. You're, you're right there with the balloon ladies coming across the yeah, finish line. Yeah, well, the balloon ladies actually passed before they, us. They passed before. <laughs> we, come in, we come in with the bike, the bikes at the end, the sweepers. Wow, wow. <laughs> how, how, when, you, when you're doing that, and, and obviously, you know, that's, that's a fun way to, to run a race and do something different, obviously, when time is not the, the goal. Um, but what what method do you guys use to make sure that you don't slip too far behind that you actually get swept up and are unable to finish um we have an idea of when the balloon ladies start um there's we're in enough facebook groups and mm-hmm. enough um running parts of running community that people will you know notify you when the balloon ladies start and then you know you can kind of calculate the balloon ladies run a 16 minute mile pace right uh they keep pretty consistent so you kind of figure out where they are in relation mm-hmm. to where you are um i don't do the math one of the guys we run with <laughs> does the math and, that's and a lot then, of pressure to be the to be the guy in charge of the the clock and the math on that yeah front. so he's 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 a uh, He's got to pass on one of those early beers to make sure he's yeah. He, well, he's a financial guy, so he's, <laughs> he works with the numbers all the time. So we'll let him run the numbers. Right. And he, it's so far in the past two years, he hasn't been wrong. So we'll we'll let him keep doing that job. At at what point? And I've I've heard different rumors, and and um, I don't know if this makes me. I don't know what this makes me. I've never worried about it enough. Like I'm not I'm not really worried about getting swept at, at a Disney race. Um, at, at what point? Can the balloon ladies pass you, and you don't have to worry anymore? I would say once you're in um, somewhere between Hollywood Studios and Epcot. So once you leave Hollywood Studios, do you go on? And this is for the marathon. For the marathon, you get into a um, like a little path along Mm -hmm. the the river there, and then you head over towards the boardwalk area. I think if they pass you there. You're still on it's the danger side, mm-hmm. uh, but once you get an Epcot, I don't think they would. They're less likely to sweep you. You still have a buffer of a good three or four minutes behind the balloon ladies before the sweeper bikes come by. Mm-hmm. But they're not gonna. They're probably not gonna sweep you out of Epcot. They'll, they will push you along, right, um, and make sure you keep, keep moving. Going. Um, right. So if you're back with the sweeper bikes, uh, stopping for 
a beverage is not an option. That, yeah, yeah. yeah that, then you're going to get yeah. left. Then, then yeah. you're not finishing. Yeah, so they, they, they will just keep you moving mm-hmm. at that point. Um, I think they won't sweep. I, again, I don't know this. Yeah, but th- this no, is not gospel by any, th- by any There's stretch. no sweeper bus there inside right. Epcot. It's probably easier just to push you out the gate to the finish line yeah, at that point. Keep, keep try to keep you going. Because, I mean, I th- I think, and this is all speculation, but I mean, the big part of the sweeping is for road road closures, road openings. Yes. So once you once you don't have that anymore, but yeah, still going through the boardwalk. I imagine that would be still a little dicey. They want to you know kind of keep things moving there, but yeah, yeah. it makes sense. Um, getting into getting into Epcot and, and being good to go. What's what's uh, the most memorable experience of jumping off the course to do a ride, or like you said, I mean, stopping various places, different 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 things. What's uh What's kind of the one like? I have to make sure that I can do this the next time you know, for this for this year for for when we get there on, in January. Well, Everest is always one that everybody wants to do, um, and we really try to make sure that we line up our time to arrive at Everest right as it opens. Um, we hit we hit it right on the mark this year, mm-hmm. um, but um, it's always dicey depending right. on the weather and you know conditions and you know how much traffic's on the course in uh-huh. front of you. Um, I think our favorite thing to do, and I, I'm sure the guys that run with me would say the same thing, is getting that beer at mile 13. Mm. Um, it just makes a great, it makes a great photo. It just makes a great story that people say, "I, I can't believe you stopped at mile 13 and had a beer." Well, it's, well mm. rode a roller coaster too, right? <laughs> and that's you know that's the start of the the fun for the us. shenanigans. Yeah, begin. I mean, we stopped for characters before that, and that's always fun because mm-hmm. um, we know enough people that will jump in and out of lines with people and just take one big group picture. Right. We're not really worried about the individual things. It's more about just grabbing a picture and not right. worrying about who's in it. <laughs> right. Where, like, it's it's been probably, I guess it'll be about six years by the time I run it uh, this year with, with team and training. Since I've run the marathon, and I'm trying to think back to exactly where uh, on the Disney Marathon the 13-mile mark is, but I feel like that's always been kind of in the middle of nowhere between um, Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, but it kind of sounds like you're saying like it's it's back into the park already? It shifted. In okay. the past couple of years, the 13.1-mile mark is actually right after Everest. Okay. So, so yeah, they, right they, there. they included a two- or three-mile out and back in right before you get to Animal Kingdom, which is... Which is the worst because I hate out and back. Okay, yeah. So it's here you go, make a hard right here, go out like two miles or mile and a half, and then come back the same way and end up right at the point where you right turned back off where the road. You were. Yep. So it's just a, it's just know, a way to get extra miles. I know where that's going to be, yeah. and I'm glad to, I know to look forward to that. Well, look yeah. forward, quote yeah. unquote, air quotes, to look forward to that now. But yeah, that's, that's, that's a good time. I, I, I remember one year, as we were talking beforehand, the, the wine and dine half marathon used to be at, at night and the last year before they they changed it to a morning race which kicked me out like didn't they didn't kick me out i kicked myself out i removed myself from that party when it became a morning race but uh it was rain shortened so it went from a half marathon oh, to like right. a 10 10k ish half of race. a half yeah and i was i was i was king pissy pants for <laughs> like for because like i was trying to pr that like i was in the a corral i was up in front um I had peaked my training to this point, and I was going to try to, to hammer it and see what I could do. And, uh, you know, it's like I had just run a 10K, like, the week before. And, and even that, it wasn't going to be an official 10K. So, like, I wasn't going to try to race that real hard. And I was just so grumpy. And if I could have just gone and gotten in my car, I probably would have just done that. Um, but instead, I decided to, as I was running, like, I saw the, the Country Bears were out spectating um, for photo ops. And that was, like, at, at the half-mile mark. 
And of course, everybody in Corral A, like they're just blown by. And I was like, you know what? Like, there's no lines at these guys. I bet you there's not going to be any lines at any of the other characters that I go across. So why don't you know turn the frown upside down and and stop and you know take take photos at, at every spot. Um, and I ended up doing that. had a had a blast. But also, my my plan when originally was I'm going to try to PR. But if not. Like if I if I get to Epcot and I know I'm not don't have the PR, we run right by Soren. I was like, well, I'll just jump off and go ride Soren. So as soon as I made the decision that I was going to do photos, I was like, oh yeah, we're also going to jump <laughs> off and ride Soren, um, which was which was awesome. Like just jump jump off. Um, and I was still at the point where there weren't a lot of spectators at the race, so I kind of snuck off into it. And there were people that were because the park was open for the after party. Right. There were a couple people that were down there. Like, are you like running the race? And I was like, yeah, I haven't finished yet. I just you know wanted to to come on and ride. And so that was cool. Rode Soren with like four people, which is awesome. If you ever have a chance to ride Soren with only four, four to four to oh, six that, people, awesome. it's, it doesn't get better than that. Um, but then I came back out and went to jump back onto the course, and like now it was like crowded, and everybody's like, "Where is this guy coming from?" And I was just yeah. like, "Yeah, you know, whatever. You got to do what you got to do." But it's it's those kind of things that, especially at a Disney race, you can really just just make it fun and yeah. not worry about the time so much. Yeah, we had a uh, we went on Tower of Terror and just mm. passed. Um, we rode Rock and Roller Coaster, got off, said, let's do Tower of Terror because we still have a little bit of time. Right. And we got to the line, and basically people in line that were just regular park guests because the park was open that at that point were just telling us to go forward. They're like, oh, my God, you guys are still in a race? Go, go. And it, it literally awesome. we walked on to the entire <laughs> um, um, Tower of Terror. We didn't wait in, in a single line except for the the room where you have to watch right, the video. Right. And you know, the people just let us right on, and we got right back out. So that, it was that was awesome. It just it, I I you know you mentioned that I <laughs> might do a little Tower of Terror action this year if if the timing lines up because that's that's like one ride that my wife won't do and my daughter's not. My daughter will definitely do it. She's just not old enough yet. Yeah. And so it's like I'm still bridging that gap between I can I can have fun with my daughter and my my wife can be the one that sits what? around and. You're more than welcome to join our crew and uh, hang with us, and we'll, we'll get you on. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't, I don't know if I want to do a, a seven-hour tour through Disney World, though, um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when it, when it comes. But um, as, we're, as we're getting kind of close to, to wrapping up today, John, um, the way I, I kind of like to, to wrap these up is with something that I call a, a philosophical question, which fancy fancy words, uh, but basically it's kind of like the introductory question. Very open-ended, kind of take it whichever way you want to go with it, um, and it's kind of where we'll put the stamp on it for today. But um, obviously team and training is, is something that, that you said. I mean, it's become a big part of, of your why and the giving back and the relationships, the connections that you've made. Um, but going a little bit broader than just team and training, but to all of the great organizations that are out there that, you know, that have a running tie-in, yeah. whether it's, you know, muscular dystrophy or Alzheimer's Association or the various different, you know, American Cancer Society and yeah. all, the, all the different, uh, and I, obviously I'm missing dozens yeah, of great a, groups. There's a great, you know, St. Jude's, uh, yeah, the Rods Yeah, St. Jude's group. is great. Team RWB. Yeah. Uh, again, dozens it. of them. We, yes. we, could, we could spend a whole hour just, just naming off great organizations that are out there. Um, but for somebody that's that's maybe where I was a year ago, that's like you know I like I like running. Um, I've maybe thought about doing a charity event at some point, but reluctant to pull the trigger. Maybe it's because of the the, the selling, you know, or the, the asking for donations. Maybe it's whatever whatever the hesitation is. Um, I just love to to open it up to you for the, the last few minutes here to just kind of talk to talk to those those folks because I know there's some listening that are on the fence 
why is being a charity runner something that's so, I'm assuming, rewarding and worth it for you that you keep coming back for more? It is. Uh, I always tell people, you know, and people say, well, you run for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I, you know, my charity is whatever, mm-hmm. St. Jude's or things like that. And I, I just tell people, if you're passionate about a charity, uh, I think that's the best way to become involved. Find something, find a charity that you're passionate about, that you connect with, uh, whether you have a connection with it or you just think it's a great cause. Um, you know, I've seen people run for uh, animal shelters and mm-hmm. things like that. So, or, you know, so if it's a... It's a cancer charity or animal shelter or whatever, something that you can get behind because people want to help you if they know that you're connected and you're really passionate about that. Um, that's the hardest part about fundraising is, mm-hmm. is having that connection. And if you just go out and say, well, just I picked this charity because it had extra bibs. Um, people have done that before. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it, if you're going to do a fundraising and you're going to do it right and really – have that connection to say when you put on that that jersey of that charity on race morning and have it mean something um really pick a charity any charity that really means something to you and and again uh, we we both are biased towards the leukemia lymphoma society but i always tell people you know find what you want to do find find where you connect find where your people are what you're passionate about and and go with that and and you know, fundraising becomes a lot easier when you have that connection and people know that. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's uh, a great way to, to great place to wrap things up. Definitely. Uh, it took several people kind of basically saying that same thing to get me off the, <laughs> off the ledge and get me to, to, to sign up and, and, uh, you know, put my miles towards, towards making a, a difference. And, and I'm so far loving it and looking yeah. forward to, I mean, training has just officially started, I guess, as we're, as we're recording this. So I'm um, we're supposed to train for this. I, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the rumor. That's, that's, uh, that's what they tell me. But, uh, but yeah, so looking forward to seeing how things continue to play out and, and guys, if you want to find out more about John, kind of the, the small world challenge, all of those types of things, uh, smallworldchallenge.com is the website on Facebook. Just look for small world challenge. Once again, we'll have that linked up and I believe I said 770, right? Let me pull up my notes here. I'm not, not used to doing these in person, so I don't have all of the information, right? Uh, right always in front of me but uh yes disruns.com slash 770 is the link to go back to the show notes for today photos links all of the things if you want to donate i'll take your donations john will take your donations they're all going to the same place um but we'll have those links there disruns.com slash goofy is my link you know that i've said that i've said that one before um but yeah get get uh just just check it out check it out but uh john thank you for uh for the time thanks for giving up a little bit of your vacation to, to chat with me this morning um, and certainly looking forward to, uh, to seeing in January. But until then, yeah. be well, take care, right. and uh, thanks again. Thanks, Danny. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between John and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that uh, we talked about today that uh, really just kind of hit home or struck a nerve or rattled around in your brain a little bit longer than, uh, than usual? during today's conversation. For me, it's kind of, I think, maybe more of an overarching theme than any one particular moment. It's, it's a, again, it's a theme. It's something that kind of cropped up at several points during, during the conversation. But for me, the, the takeaway from today's, from today's episode is really just all about having fun, thinking outside of the box a little bit and having fun. So, you know, whether you want to talk about the small world challenge and, and you could make an argument whether or not riding It's a Small World all day would be classed as fun or not. But 
you know, as when it comes to fundraising, which is you know something that I've obviously been working on and something that I've struggled with, and I've I've said this, I've struggled with it over the years as far as actually taking the plunge and doing a race as a charity runner because of the fundraising component. By by thinking outside of the box a little bit, setting up some some different challenges for myself, whether it was the treadmill marathon, Diz Days of Summer, those types of things that that you know maybe weren't always fun in the moment. This days of summer was pretty much fun the whole way, but running a marathon on a treadmill was not my idea of fun, but you know, it was something different. It was something outside of the box. It was something that, that made it a little bit easier to ask for donations as opposed to just going with the hands out saying, can you, can you donate? Which is exactly what I'm going to do at the end of this little takeaway section. So be prepared for that. But you know, I think it was just easier to get people to contribute on that side of things. And certainly I, I think for John, you know, having an idea like the small world challenge, uh, was, was a great way to get people to, to open up their wallets and contribute a dollar, $10, a hundred dollars, whatever it might be towards, you know, the same charity that I'm working for, for the, the leukemia and lymphoma society. So I thought, you know, just kind of that idea of, of thinking outside of the box, having a little bit of fun and then translating that over to race day, you know, and, and obviously at the Disney races, it's a little bit different than a lot of other races, but you know, whether it's stopping for characters, whether it's stopping to have a drink somewhere because you're, you're running through various parts of the park that are open. So you stop and you have a beer or you stop and you ride one of the rides or you, 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 whatever, whatever it might be, stop, you know, just stopping at different different parts of the, the Disney property on race day, you know, a lot of us, I don't know that would think about that. I mean, it's a race, right? We gotta, we gotta run. We gotta try to get to the finish line as fast as possible. But you know, there's, there's a time and a place to do that. And, and John mentioned that sometimes he runs a race to race them, but for the Disney races for, especially for him doing, you know, all, all the dopies all the time, um, you know, maybe that's not the time to just hammer it. So instead of just strolling through the parks for his, you know, 48.6 miles over the course of the weekend for, for the dopey challenge. He, he not only does the, does the run completes the distance, but goes outside of the box to have fun. What rides can I do? What restaurants can I stop at? What places can I get? What food carts can I get a beer or a donut or whatever that it might be that he wants at the time. And, you know, as long as, as long as him and his buddies stay ahead of the, the, official cutoff time, then they're good. Then they're good. So just thinking of ways to make the race fun for you. Maybe that's costumes. Maybe it's playlists. Maybe it's running with friends, whatever it is. But I, I, it's just kind of this overarching theme for me in this episode of, you know, when, when we're doing stuff, yes, there's times to maybe be a bit more serious, not that being serious can't be fun, but there's also times to just cut loose, relax and have fun, especially on race day, which is something that I struggle with. I, I admit I struggle with the idea of just having fun and not pushing it on race day. Um, still haven't decided exactly what my goal is going to be for the goofy challenge. As far as if I'm going to have a finish time goal, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to run it back with John and, and the boys and stopping for beers and things like that. I'm going to, I'm going to want to be finished faster than that. Um, but I, I'm trying to wrap my head around this idea of not trying to push hard on both races or at least push hard ish on both races. And, uh, going back and, and listening to John and, and having obviously being there for the conversation the first time through really just kind of has planted this in my head that like, it's okay. It's okay to just have fun. It's okay to, to figure out something to do. That's kind of outside of the box a little bit, have fun on the process. And you know, that's not, it's not a bad thing, not a bad thing. So I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know if anybody, if y'all are going up, what, what, what are you smoking? Diz? What? I, I don't, I don't get it. 
but that's fine. That's that's the beauty of these takeaways. Is it's it's all you know what's what's works for me may or may not work for you, but it doesn't make it any less valid of, of my takeaways. Just like it doesn't make any your takeaways any less valid either. So if you'd be willing to share your takeaways with me, I would love to hear them. You can connect with me on the Facebook. Actually, not on the Facebook. Well, you can't connect with me on the Facebook, but. I don't know why I said that. I've never said connect on the Facebook and send your, your comments and feedback there. I've always said, send it to Twitter, send it to Instagram. I'm at Dizruns on both places. That's the easiest way to do it. Uh, you can also send me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes for today's episode, Dizruns.com slash 770. We got photos from the small world challenge. We got photos of John just out doing his thing on his own as well. Um, but we got photos there, links, all the things, Dizruns.com slash 770. And if you'd like to support the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, I would be more than happy to earn your earn your donation uh, in January, uh, either at the half marathon or the marathon. I'll be running both of them, back-to-back days, the Goofy Challenge. Uh, and if you head over to disruns.com slash goofy, disruns.com slash G-O-O-F-Y, you'll be directed right back to the Leukemia and Lymphoma website where you can make your tax-deductible donation right there. I never touch a penny of the money. And if you work for some place that does a, a, a company match, Hey, remember that every dollar you put in is is more than just a dollar, right? So the the process for submitting that that you know the, the corporate match, the company match type of, of process is, I believe, super easy. You get an email with the receipt. They t- they walk you through right there how to do it. Um, and obviously, I would appreciate any support as much or as little as you can give. Disruns.com slash goofy. So with that, we'll go ahead and, and put a bow on this one. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. If you're going to be at the Walt Disney World Marathon uh, in 2020 for Marathon Weekend for any of the races, please let me know. I I know there's a handful of folks that are going to be there um, outside of the people I've already obviously connected with and met through the the team and training group and the Leukemia Lymphoma uh, Society. But, uh, you know, those of you that listen, if you're going to be there, I would love to to set something up. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like just yet, but please let me know. And we can figure out whether we're going to meet at a park or meet at a restaurant or meet at downtown Disney or Disney Springs or whatever it's called these days. Uh, but I would love to, to try to organize a little uh, Diz Runs fiesta of some sort. So please let me know. We can get the, we can start working out the details as, as that gets a little bit closer. I'll keep reminding you, but just let me know if you're going to be there. I would love to, to get to meet you, say hi, give a hug, handshake, high five, whatever, whatever it is that floats your boat. But uh, enough of that for today. Again, thank you all for listening. I certainly, certainly appreciate it. And until next time, please do well. Take good care. Have a great run. Whatever, whenever your next run is, today, tomorrow, whether you're on it right now, hope it's a good one. Hope you're being safe. And uh, until next time, take care, guys.